0: What is up, my beautiful people? Welcome back to Deconstructing in the year of our Lord, 2022.
1: Wow, oh, this, is not the, 2022. This,
0: is not, this is not the first episode you'll hear in 2022, but it's the first one we recorded in this blessed, blessed year. I am one of your hosts, Curtis Cooper, and I am joined by my incredible historic
1: co-host
0: Delaney Harris. Del, what's up?
1: I'm doing good. I'm enjoying this new year. I was ready for it. How are you?
0: Oh, I am. I'm ready to christen the new year by talking about some spicy topics.
1: Let's do it. Back to the spicy topics. It's been a minute.
0: (laughs) It has been a little bit and we have quite the spicy topic to start 2022 off which we touched on in our second ever episode, Purity Culture. We did. But it's, some, it's something that bears a little bit more inspection. Yes. Dell, today we are talking about premarital sex and the sanctity of a marriage.
1: Oh, boy. <laughs> I've got some strong opinions on this one.
0: <laughs> All right, so let's... Uh, let's go back to like a little bit more classic deconstructing and start by me asking Del, what were you taught growing up about sex and marriage?
1: So growing up, I was taught, I was taught one thing by my parents and another thing by the church. So I'll talk, talk about that. My parents did an awesome job, especially my mom who had like the sex ed talk. In fact, I don't think my dad ever had the sex ed talk with me. My mom, when she gave me like the talk, I was six, first of all. So I was like, Whoa. I know.
0: <laughs> talk, t- talk about trying to get it out of the way early and uh, being more preventative as opposed to reactionary.
1: Yes, I was young. And the reason I was so young is because I was asking. So she <laughs> did have a reason. Yep. She was like, what do Classic I do? Del. Classic Dell. Classic Dell. Del. So um, when she told me, she waited a couple of years after she told me to discuss... Premarital sex, and what she explained mm. was that sex should be um, respected, but it is not just to be like a holy thing. Which I think was very beneficial to me because, oh. I, yeah, I grew up believing that sex was special, but it wasn't this like thing that like if you didn't, it's like if you did it with somebody, it wasn't like the end of the world. It was something yeah. that I felt safe talking to my parents about or my mom about. Mm. And something I could like re- be very open about. And um, so she never said it had to be like between a husband and a wife. It was always, or, or even between a w- man and a woman. It was always between two people, ideally who are in love, she would say. But hmm. at the end of the day, um, at the, as long as you're safe about it, and you are making the choice yourself she was cool with it and so I was blessed in that aspect and I (laughs) I am almost 25 and I am still a virgin
0: (laughs) oh nice
1: so I know full disclosure um but uh even with that I didn't feel guilty about like having sex that's not why I'm a virgin and so like I to this day I don't think it's wrong I just personally Mm. have not so that's how I was raised my mom the church however oh the church The church. So now when I say that I'm a virgin, I don't mean that like, I am like a prude. I have done things. Oh, we're just,
0: we're just spilling all the tea today though.
1: We are just spilling all the tea. Um, but I would say if I had, if my first ever sexual experience had been, um, no, let me back up a little bit. If the church and by the church, I do mean the Seventh-day Adventist church. Mm-hmm. If, if they had been open and supportive of embracing sexuality and embracing the to- topic of sex, I think that I wouldn't have um, been put in a lot of uncomfortable situations I was put in. Mm-hmm. As a and I think that a lot of the things that have happened to me sexually that were not consensual are a direct result of that teaching in the church. Like, we'll delve into that later on today or another time but I think write that, that down we're coming back to that I'm gonna write it down <laughs> I have a notebook this time I'm getting way ahead of myself so Elle
0: has officially become the notebook haver <laughs> of of the duo and uh she is by far exceeded me as a host now because <laughs> I am still just throwing stuff out from my mind <laughs> all right
1: noted I <laughs> wrote it down so um and you can literally
0: say noted
1: note it literally yes I noted it <laughs> no, but that is um the two different like raisings I had I guess one within the church and one within my home that mm-hmm. did clash but I think that if I had stuck with what my mom had said I think I would have been um a lot safer I think overall but that's my two cents on how I was raised um how about you Curtis what were you taught growing up
0: um basically purity culture
1: mm.
0: from like All of the sources that I had immediate access to, be it like family or church, it was very like standard, like um, in fifth grade, I went to church school and they said, well, you shouldn't have it ever unless you're married Mm -hmm. and safe sex was touched upon, but the only way it was touched upon was, hey, you should be terrified of this because condoms can break. And then you get someone pregnant and you oh. shouldn't do it. And I'm like, oof. So like, I don't even, I was kind of like led astray in terms of like how protection even works or like how effective it is. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, like um, you can go back and listen to the Purity Culture episode. I talked more about it there. Um, but yeah, I was not very educated in the ways of how sex even works and premarital sex was absolutely a non-starter and wow. I did not believe it was morally okay for a good like 21 years of my life wow. and I remember I remember distinctly um I think I was I was either 20 or 21 um you mentioned me you and one of our mutual friends are hanging out and I forget how we got on the topic, but you were just like, yeah, like I, I just don't believe the Bible says much about premarital sex. No. And me and my friend kind of looked at each other and we were like, huh, I disagree, but I don't have any specific texts that I can pull up to like overtly say like premarital sex is wrong.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Yeah. Um, But then later on, I did some research and some thinking myself about it. And I came to the same exact conclusion that you had come to when you were like six, that uh, sex is um, absolutely a design by God because I believe that there is an intelligent being that designed us, ultimately, and we are beautiful creations, and sex is a part of that. But I also don't think that divine law slash, the way the universe is supposed to operate hinges on whether you have a piece of paper agreement with another individual to be their spouse or not.
1: Right. Right. And,
0: um, I think that the whole premarital sex thing ultimately comes down to control and let's kind of pivot into that conversation about how we feel about the church and it's, um, Relationship with the idea of premarital sex, and we're gonna both talk about like specific Seventh Day Adventist views about sex, and also just like the Seventh Day Adventist view of sex is not that different from evangelical views. It's not. It's not like like Sabbath or something where they're completely different from other people. Um, and I think that in some ways, Adventists are a little bit better about it than evangelicals because Adventists, at least like at least pockets of Avenists are like, oh yeah, sex is absolutely ordained by God and it should be celebrated, but it should just be within marriage. Whereas um, I've heard some evangelical phase that are like, no, you don't talk about it at all, ever.
1: Hmm.
0: So, I mean, I do think Avenists have that slight thing going for them. But I do think that um, that preaching from the pulpit, that premarital sex devalues you is absolutely awful
1: horrible yes
0: and that it only leads to bad unfortunate things for both men and women but i think disproportionately women what are your thoughts
1: go into that what do you mean by disproportionately women? (laughs) tell me about that i like that but tell me okay
0: so (laughs) This is, a, this is a theme of the podcast now where like <laughs> Del had this magical childhood where she, um, where, you, where you were raised believing that men and women were completely equal and that's the way everybody should be raised. Hmm. Therefore, um, every time I bring up like, oh yeah, this like um, impacts women in a different way than men. You're like, oh, tell me about that.
1: Yeah, I, I, I appreciate I, <laughs>
0: I, I appreciate the uh, the different different perspectives. Um, so at least the way I heard about sex growing up in the church was that, yeah, like, um, men, you should respect women and guard your eyes because you don't want to lust, and that's basically the end of it. Whereas women are taught, hey, um, your virginity is important. And you should hold on to it and not give it away to people, because um, a good Christian man's not going to want to marry you if you're soiled. Oh. And let me tell you, I'm sure there are Christians who like value male virginity as much, but most people do not. Most people value female virginity, and men they don't care.
1: Interesting and.
0: Hmm. and let me just say the idea of virginity is kind of a hoax anyway
1: yeah um I wouldn't really know but I uh I think it really I because growing up it wasn't valued in my household it was just like you know that's before you have sex you're virgin after sex you're not it's not like a big deal but like Mm -hmm. I understand in society and in the church it is a huge deal and so I think that um wrapping my head around that as an adult was kind of tricky
0: yeah because like um people think like oh yeah like at least i think i think it stems from the fact that in the bible women were basically property especially in the old testament and how you checked in the old testament whether someone was a virgin women have a physical indicator about what uh that tells you whether or not something's been in there Mm. doesn't mean that they're not a virgin but the whole idea of like the hymen being broken and all that stuff right that being said if someone rides a horse they can bust your hymen so like yeah that is kind of garbage in terms of like finding out if someone's a virgin but in the bible that is the only way people could tell and if you were a virgin then you were worth more and your father would basically sell you off to a rich husband and get a nice dowry from it
1: right wow
0: and so yeah that's why the old testament valued like versions
1: basically i think and so like kind of going into what you're saying actually i think also with women like our sexuality is kind of like a lot of people okay just speaking from personal experience so something i do for fun is i model but it's just for fun it's Mm -hmm. like anything like that that. but my instagram i do a lot of bikini shoots and so a lot of my Mm -hmm. instagram is me in a bikini and i've had men say to me like they value me less because of that and I have to like wonder if they were on their Instagram and like say swim trunks or just something similar, would their value go down too, or is it because I'm a female, and is it because my body's on display, or is it because like you're making, you have a picture of me in your head now that isn't entirely accurate. I don't know. It's. I think you're right though. I think a lot of sexuality and worth for women are linked, and I'm not sure that they should be. Mm-hmm. They are.
0: No, absolutely not. And uh, we haven't done our swearing episode yet. So I'm just going to say this about all those randos who said that to you. Frick them.
1: <laughs> Fair.
0: And go straight to heck.
1: It's happened a lot, too, like in my lifetime. I'm kind of surprised. Like, I guess I didn't really notice it until like this past year. It's really mm-hmm. like been more prevalent. And I've like uh. in the past, I've always been like, I was like, OK, like as I'm getting older, I'm like, like, maybe I should be talking about this. Why is this a thing?
0: Let me just say this: powerful, insecure people, especially mm-hmm. powerful, insecure men, fear confident women. Oh, they fear them, because: Fair enough. Because I mean, women for thousands of years, up until maybe like the 1990s or '80s, mm-hmm. were basically the only way out of pro- poverty was to marry someone. And now, Dell, you ain't got to marry someone to be powerful.
1: Nope.
0: You can just go to college and be powerful. Yeah. Or start your own business and be powerful. Yeah. And, the, and the institutional power structure, hashtag patriarchy, <laughs> does not like that. No. And that institutional power impacts everybody mm. in a negative way. And it leads people to fear what is not the status quo which is men being over women.
1: Right. Wow. Very insightful there. I like that. I mean, I don't, but I do.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So you, you, you like the reasoning. You don't like what actually how things be.
1: Exactly. So um, all of that being said, was there any difference between your home, uh, I guess, education on the topic and the topic being premarital sex and the church's teaching or are they kind of aligned?
0: No, I mean like um if this gets around to my parents at some point, I don't want them to feel like I ever bash them unnecessarily.
1: Oh for sure. Right. And your parents, um, by the way, are wonderful. I adore your parents. They are
0: they are yes. and I will love them and respect them until the day I die. Amen. Um but they were both raised by the greatest generation, mm. which is two generations above what they are, which is X. And greatest generation, they grinned and bared it and they didn't talk about nothing. Mm. Like nothing. And so they were both raised not to talk about that kind of stuff, oh. especially with family. Um, very much closed doors. So I think that that impacted um, how it was discussed or lacked thereof in my
1: household. Got you. Okay. So most of your like knowledge is growing up from that came from like school, church school.
0: Yep. yep, and- yep. Church, church school slash, slash the internet.
1: <laughs> got you. Okay. Wow.
0: For lack, for better or for worse
1: for better or for worse wow so let me tell
0: you when I was in middle school for by far for worse
1: (laughs) I hear that a lot from men to be honest
0: (laughs) it ain't good chief
1: (laughs) wow so um so after it was when did you start to kind of develop your own understanding of the topic and your own like your strong opinion of it for yourself as an adult
0: are you talking about when I shifted towards like what I believe now, or when I just like had yes. a strong idea of like, Hey, I believe that premarital sex is wrong.
1: When you, when your thoughts shifted.
0: Oh um, yeah. That was um, kind of comes back to what I've mentioned a few times on different episodes is I lucked into hanging out with the right people in college. Okay. You being one of them. one of them. Yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was about to say, you better take credit for that. <laughs> um, and just some other people who are like hey like have you ever considered this or that and I think that the reason they were comfortable telling me that is because I always tried to have a spirit of like openness despite the fact that I was not very open back then <laughs> mm-hmm. and I think I was able to make people comfortable enough so they would tell their real opinions to me and eventually I was like hey like what if I re, like, renegotiated this in my mind about like, I'm going to take everything I believe and spread it out and analyze everything singularly. And some stuff might get thrown out. Some stuff might get changed. But the core of it never really changed. And the core of it is that I believe in a benevolent loving God who designed us to be benevolent loving people and how can I best do that
1: mm, wow
0: so, yeah, did, that, did that answer your question
1: it did yes Um. that's wow I like that I'm honored to have been one of the people from your college experience and um, I think that like getting to know you and a couple of other people we're close with in college really opened my eyes to i guess kind of like the evangelical way of thinking which mm-hmm. i don't agree with but it helps me develop like a strong hold in my own beliefs and yeah, it's so, good to know
0: it's good to know right. what you're about.
1: <laughs> exactly and um i think also too it provided me with because because you and um so many of our close friends were raised evangelicals it, it gave me the capacity to understand and empathize with their way of thinking Mm. and to even if Mm -hmm. I don't agree with it to I guess be kind about it before then I always kind of had a chip on my shoulder about it and so it was good to kind of relax a little bit I think I still like had strong strong opinions until the end of college I still do but I think I was a little bit boisterous maybe about them until the end of college Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if that's a bad thing or a good thing
0: but oh no it's it's just a thing that we go through like true. And I know that we have some conservative evangelicals that listen regularly and Mm -hmm. some of them might even be men. And I understand that it's easy to bristle at like, especially me, a straight white guy talking about the patriarchy. Um, and I don't talk about it in the sense of screw you specifically. You're a white guy. I don't like you. I don't trust you. I'm more saying that this whole power structure, this inherently sinful power structure hurts all of us, Mm -hmm. hurts women more, but it hurts all of us. And I would absolutely love to dialogue with it about it to anyone. And as long as you go into it with a sense of like, Hey, I want to hear what this person has to say. And I want to share my own opinions as opposed to "Screw screw you, you're going to hell. Mm -hmm. Um, marriage is sacred. Right. And I mean, it's cool if you believe marriage is sacred in that way, but Mm -hmm. I'd love to hear your reasoning for it, and I'd love to share my own reason.
1: Right, right. And I think, too, like, I have a lot of value in marriage, but I don't think that necessarily sex and marriage should be so intertwined that we can't separate them at all. Mm. Unpack that. Well, I think especially growing up around the Seventh-day Adventist church or even just in evangelical religious views. I think a lot of the time it was, you know, marriage. Once you get married, you can have sex. Like that's like the benefit of getting married. And I think, a exactly. lot of, yeah, I think a lot of the time, especially like, as teenagers, when we're becoming aware of our sexual drive and our sexual desires, we, we think, oh, well, that means wanna... you're
0: touching yourself. <laughs>
1: exactly. When you
0: start touching yourself, you're like, huh, wonder if I had another person to do this.
1: Mm, right some of us are in elementary school though so but when, when we get to, it,
0: happens. it happens it
1: happens when we get to that coming
0: point. soon masturbation <laughs> with dell and curtis
1: it is a future a future topic we want to touch on but oh, no pun intended god okay <laughs> oh, anyway. that, is,
0: that is incredible uh, you should have just rolled with it <laughs> pun very much intended
1: oh. <laughs> well what were they even talking about
0: um uh, you were, you were talking about uh, marriage and its relationship to sex and right.
1: unpacking. so i think like in high school especially when we were like discussing like in groups of boys and girls mixed groups and separately sometimes they would separate us for like that th- those talks in church yeah i school. remember
0: that yeah <laughs> Just like all right let's 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 separate the boys and girls
1: oh my god and we're gonna
0: tell we're gonna tell the ladies about what's happening with them and we're talking we're gonna shame the boys and never masturbating.
1: right oh my goodness hashtag
0: That's- didn't work
1: For anybody ever, like, why do they even do it? They know too. They went the same thing we did. Exactly.
0: Like, how are you going to look me in the eye and tell me that like God doesn't want me to do that when all of you do it all the time?
1: Exactly. Oh my goodness, I cannot wait to delve into that topic. But (laughs) for for now, um, when we were all like going through the church, the church school, and the education where we're taught. Um, that once you get married, you can have sex. But until you get married, you can't have sex. Into is the point then to all of us in high school where, gee, I got to get married so I can have sex. And then yep. we have this, twist- yeah, we have this twisted view of, well, who's, who's going to be my future sexual partner? Which sex is great. Like, don't get me wrong. And finding a good sexual partner is great. And if your spouse is a great sexual partner, Awesome, but you you selecting the person you're going to spend the rest of your life with, or even just the next couple of years, because most marriages don't last. But
0: Ouch, she speaks the truth.
1: I do speak the truth, but finding that that person you're going to like sign your life away to, mm-hmm. because they are a good sexual match, is probably not the number one focus we should have. It probably should be more. You know, this person is going to I'm going to be legally bound to them. So let's talk about that. Let's not talk about. I need to have sex. I need to legally bind myself to someone. Like what? No, no. I think that those two should not mix so much. Um, I think that also, uh, can ahead. I
0: add something real quick? Yes, Hold go that for it. Don't forget the thought.
1: I won't forget the thought.
0: Um, if one of you or both of you entering into a marriage agreement is a virgin, mm-hmm. you have no idea if you're a sexual match or not right? like no idea. <laughs> like there are plenty of cute pretty people who are awful sexual matches for each other. Right. Sexual chemistry is just another category of chemistry that I think is very important to consider.
1: Right. Mhm. And the truth is too when it comes to um chemistry as a whole it's not like, like what you said it's not always going to be there right off the bat. Sometimes you have to develop that and build it. So choosing Absolutely choosing a partner based on their, your sexual chemistry like eventually you're going to reach a point where it might not be like the most incredible chemistry you've ever felt with your partner ever if you you, you know that might not be there but you mm-hmm. can find a place where you're getting satisfaction so oh. delving back into um the separation of the two though um i think I actually i finished my thought
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I love how like I, I it happens to me occasionally in, the, in recording these we're like i'm talking i'm talking and i keep talking but my mind goes somewhere else and like i kind of think about what i'm going to say next I'm like oh no once i finish the sentence i have no idea where i'm going next
1: <laughs> yes that happens to me all the time <laughs> that's what we have about the, the radio silence we're just like dead silence <laughs> for like five seconds
0: oh like also, right now <laughs> Yeah, um, I have, I have, I have a scenario to set up.
1: Ooh, hit me with it. Stop me
0: if I've used this before Del, on this podcast. Okay. I don't think I have. Okay. Um, and I'm probably going to repeat this when we talk about masturbation. But hopefully, we talk about it long and long enough of a ways away, like maybe a month, where everybody forgets about this story. Hopefully, so that I can say it again. Let me set up a scenario. Um, let's say that two people male female are going to get married both christian um and let's say that they're both virgins okay and now this is working off generalizations so we got to say that at the beginning because not everybody has these experiences but i'm talking about specifically what i've observed with how standard Conservative, evangelical people believe about sex and their practices. The guy has definitely masturbated before. Because, I mean, because, I mean, yeah, that's just how that goes. Um, The girl has been shamed and never masturbated. And that, there are plenty of women who never have masturbated at all. Hard to believe, but it's true so del let me ask you a question what do you think is going to happen on that wedding night
1: how do you mean you mean like the horrific shock of what sex is and how painful it's going to be (laughs) exactly
0: exactly (laughs) unpack that for a second you don't have to be super graphic but just explain what you mean
1: okay well without being super graphic um the I don't know much about it. I mean, you canal. can be super
0: graphic if you want. I can just throw an explicit tag on this like I did for abortion.
1: Fair enough. I will be I will be respectfully graphic as little as <laughs> I can Sounds good. saying what I need to say. So, okay. the female system, sexual system is somewhat fragile in that yes, it squeezes out a baby 100%. It's like it's 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 a badass, but It's a machine. But <laughs> but when the the, the the truth of the matter is it's a tight canal it's not mm. yep. if it's never been used before it's not ready for a male penis a male penis a penis to be inserted into it
0: well no that, that that's fair that you use the the gender because i mean there <laughs> are there are women with penises
1: that is true that is 100 percent true that's an excellent point so it's it, so but it's not ready for any penis male or female to be inserted Correct. into it and so it's going to probably hurt a lot like i mean it's painful just like putting a tampon in can you imagine like that being if if you're blessed with a spouse with a larger or cursed, depending on your viewpoint then it might it might be painful actually no let's rephrase it it will be very painful not only that but it's also like very confusing emotionally Um, especially like one of my biggest fears is that I'm going to get married with before I live on my own because I live with with my mom and i don't want to go through like the shock factor of going from my mom's house being a kid to like having to live with someone and have sex with them like that's like a lot for me <laughs> to
0: think yeah, about. like that is that is absolutely shocking Terrifying.
1: yeah i'm not ready for it and so it's a very emotional experience it's a very physically painful experience especially mm-hmm. if you are a virgin and it's your first time on your wedding night that can be very scary because here you are bound to this person And then it's not a pleasant experience sex is not a pleasant experience and then you know you have to do it quote unquote have to you don't have to do anything because i mean you're
0: you've literally been told your entire life that like oh you have to like be beautiful and sensual for your husband
1: yes which i want to come back to that because that relates to the other thing i wrote i noted down earlier oh
0: write it down underneath it
1: i did um excellent yeah yeah (laughs) so that's that's the essentially like how i envision a wedding night going like as a virgin. Oh my god, I'm so scared. I hope I don't wait to my wedding night. <laughs> Knowing me, I probably will, but I don't want to. <laughs> but, I mean, here's here's the thing.
0: Here's the thing, though. Yeah. Um that's this all I'm saying, all of this not to say that you have to have sex with a bunch of people before you get married. That is not what I'm saying. Right. And and you know that's not what I'm saying. But Dramatic pause.
1: Dramatic pause.
0: The evangelical Christian experience shames anything remotely sexual outside of marriage, including thinking about it, including thinking about how you relate to your own sexuality, Mm -hmm. thinking about how you relate to your own body.
1: Mm -hmm. And
0: that is going to lead to you getting traumatized on your wedding night. Yeah. And it's going to be awful and it sets a horrible, horrible precedent for how the rest of your marriage is going to be. Because you already have this baseline, okay, the woman's like not super comfortable, but she's going to grin and bear it anyway because she really wants to be a good Christian wife. And unless both people happen to be hyper Mm self-aware and they can tell that like the other person's not happy, not, not usually how it goes. At least with the people I know.
1: Because mm-hmm.
0: usually it's just like, they just kind of grumble about each other behind their backs. And they never talk about anything. Right. And so, boom, miserable the rest of your life because of your terrible marriage because mm-hmm. of, because you were both hurt by purity culture.
1: Right. And the thing is like, I don't think there's anything wrong with waiting to win wedding night if that's what you want no, to do. No, of course not. It's just the vision we've been given versus reality. Yeah. Yeah. I think waiting to re- your wedding night has been romanticized, and that's a huge crime and fetishized and fetishized. Yes, that's a huge um crime and almost an insult to sex as a whole.
0: Mm, how how would you how is it a insult?
1: Um. So I think what it does is it takes those who are not saving sex for the for the compounds of marriage, and it makes them makes it look like it's bad and I don't think it is bad I think it's it's sex sex and like marriage I'm not sure why they have to be linked so much and so to say oh well you you need to wait to you the wedding night and romanticizing this concept is almost like saying if you're not waiting to wedding wait night then your sexual experience is not as high of a value as those exactly who did yes and this is coming from someone who has thus far waited till marriage not necessarily by choice but just by the way the cards have fallen in my life and so i'm not saying this to just justify my actions because i haven't <laughs> i haven't made any actions this is <laughs> no just, action has
0: been <laughs> taken at this
1: time exactly this is just what i firmly believe um and i think too um can we reroute re- re- a little bit to this concept of uh premarital sex and how it relates to rape in the church is that okay as we wait absolutely
0: absolutely okay. Let's so, take let's let's go where we're feeling like going.
1: Feeling this is what I noted down earlier. So true warning: we're going to discuss um rape and the church. <laughs> um, so something I have been talking a lot with actually with a local pastor, and he is very much the so adamant that the church has done damage when it comes to a lot of the teachings that we've put forward. About correct, yes, and about he he very much values. I guess like the eternal goal of us of humans which is he believes to love one another and Mm -hmm. what we've done is we focus hyper focus on things that just don't matter and i think that we've we've done so much focus on sex in the church Um, one of my early relationships as a young adult was with a um, individual who was misusing sex and uh, a woman's role to make me do things for him that I d- didn't want to do. And an so, abuser. I'm sorry,
0: an abuser,
1: an abuser. Yeah, <laughs> yes, exactly. And, um, the, the the thing that I noted down was the words have to because we use it a lot when it comes mm. to getting married especially with what you mentioned earlier with women and that we feel like we have to do these things and that's what we're taught well that's what I was taught in a lot of Sabbath schools is when you get married you have to have sex you have to have sex. when does it become have to first of all how come it is I get to ever it's exactly to. yes and then second of all when I was in this relationship, this person would say that like biblically women had to have sex with men because men couldn't love a woman unless they had sex with him. And what he would say is, oh, I love you, but I'm going to stop loving you unless you do this. And me being the logical person, I was like, oh, well, that makes sense. Like, I'll just do it. Like, you know, that
0: love sounds awfully conditional to me.
1: Yes. Very conditional. And, um, very also like, that's another reason why I feel like even though some people have had sex i don't think that you can constitute every sexual interaction as sex because i don't think rape and sex are the same i think if you've been nope. raped necessarily you've had sex i have a lot of friends who are not virgins but they say they're virgins and in my opinion they are virgins because they never had consensual sex and how can we sit there absolutely
0: and,
1: yeah how can we sit there and say that they um are that they've had sex when the only experience that sex is is forced that's not sex that's rape and they're not the same um so that's my two cents on that and I think that the the teachings that we, we're telling our, our especially our young people in high school in the church is very dangerous and it promotes this culture this um idea that rape culture rape culture exactly and we're guilted into believing in premarital sex being wrong and so when we are guilted into having sex with our partner that guilt and that same feeling we have because the same I think we believe it's right because I felt guilty about this premarital sex and I feel guilty about that and I know that premarital sex is wrong and so my feeling guilty I'm not phrasing this very well let me try again um if we believe so if we're taught that the guilt we feel around sex is because we're reserving it for marriage and that once we get married, we won't feel guilty. I think that that and the guilt we feel when we are forced to have sex, honestly, kind of collide and create a huge um, recipe for disaster mental health wise.
0: The guilt, the guilt just becomes outright shame at that point.
1: Yes. And that's, Cause you
0: feel ashamed of like, oh, I was supposed to enjoy this. Right. Like, why does it feel so awful?
1: Yes, yes. And um, I've in my limited experience in the mental health field, whenever like I work with a patient or a client who has had a, like a sexual crime happen to them, that like I can feel it on them. And I hate that. Mm-hmm. I absolutely hate that because that's not their fault, you know, and I can't fix it. My job is to help them fix it. But how <laughs> when the problem is yeah. so deep rooted? I think that's why I'm so like vocal about my my stance against um the teaching of sex being so sacred and and the idea i guess like the taboo topic of sex as a whole in the church because i think in the long run it's damaging these people permanently and that's so sad and so preventable
0: and i mean it comes to me it comes down to value and people are harmed on both ends of the spectrum because Mm -hmm. If, say, a person's value is tied to the fact that they're a virgin, whether it it be male, female, non-binary, and they wait and save themselves for their husbands, we just unpacked why that's problematic and why they're going to have a bad time. But if, say, they start doing things with someone and they still hold this belief and they feel super guilty about it, then they're going to believe that they have less value because they've fooled around a little bit before they got married. And so they're going to settle for someone sucky because they believe that they suck.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And so I say all that to say this, Mm. if you're listening right now, no matter what sexual experience you've had, literally anything you have inherent God bestowed value. Yes. That is not changing.
1: Mm-mm.
0: And therefore, act like it. Carry yourself like it. Don't be settling for garbage people and a garbage marriage because you have value.
1: Right. Well said.
0: Thank you. Because mm-hmm. everybody deserves to have a little love. Lot of, love.
1: lot of love and
0: it's it's one of the top tier goals of this podcast is to shower love on all of our babies
1: yes yes definitely wow what a deep topic too eh <laughs> so many like rabbit holes you go delving down
0: yep 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 what what other thoughts do you have about uh premarital sex so
1: um so let me ask you in your own research and not that we know the Bible back in, like cover to cover. Cause I'm sure we people, ain't
0: theologians,
1: we ain't theologians In your personal research and your understanding of the Bible. Do you think there's any talk, talk within it about sex and the general population? I'm not talking about like what was said to priests and stuff like that, but the general population mm-hmm. about sex and sexual activity that would make you feel as though, um, pre
0: sex is wrong um i mean there's i think i definitely remember talking about this specific one on the purity culture and we're like i think the best argument that the bible gives for um like sex outside of marriage is wrong is when jesus said whoever looks at a woman to lust after her um sins within his own heart and um, I mean, I get the argument there. I disagree because I think that Jesus was trying to protect people while he was down here. Mm. I don't think he was, he literally went against so many of what the Pharisees thought of as like religious laws. Like Jesus' idea of the Sabbath would be considered radical among Adventists. Super radical. Because, I mean, he did not keep it the way the Pharisees did. Mm -hmm. And, in fact, like, what did he do when a woman was caught in adultery, um, and it's implied that she was a prostitute? He didn't, he didn't say, like, hey, like, stone the woman. He was like, hey, like, whichever one of you is without sin, cast the first stone.
1: Mm.
0: And I mean, you could argue like the sin he's talking about is premarital sex, but that's just, that's kind of just like trying to put, add your own extra embellishment to the Bible. And I'm not right. into that. I'm kind of just like, Hey, like what, what is the text saying? How is it relevant to the time? Who is Jesus trying to protect here?
1: And to be honest, when I, I haven't recently, but a while ago I did a little bit of research, not much, just like a little bit into a lot of what pre sex was meant when the Bible talks about it. A lot of times, it's talking about straight up rape. A rape. That's one of them, actually. And sometimes yep. it's actually pedophilia that's been mistranslated into, um, just, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, and a lot of it's uh, prostitution, and prostitution. A lot of times, we know now, is often um, not voluntary. Of Yep, a lot of it's sexual, a lot of it's coercion. And so um, I would argue that the woman that he was saying without sin, I would argue that he wasn't speaking so much about her sin, but just pointing out like what you said, that um, we all sin. So why are you pointing to this person who you think has sinned? Additionally, Jesus, who said that and was without sin, chose not to cast any stone, including the first stone, even though he said those without sin can. And what that tells me is that even though we can judge, even though we can, I mean, we can't, but even if we were out without sin and we could, doesn't mean we should because Christ who was without sin, chose not to, I think that's powerful.
0: Absolutely. Like under his own criteria, he was more than, he was more than equipped to kill her under scribe or Pharisee law. And he's like, no, like I'm, Here to start a religious revolution and a love revolution right not i'm not here to kill people i'm here to pray for the people who are going to eventually kill me Mm
1: -hmm. right i think too and i mean um, i mean i think
0: that there there are well-documented arguments on both sides for like why the bible does or does not like permit it um and i would I would recommend people look hard into both sides
1: right. and pick
0: apart why each side says what they do. Cause I mean, right. like, cause I mean, like, I think there can be a cynical argument, like, well, you just want, you just want to find biblical texts that disprove this so that you can have sex with a bunch of people. Mm. And it's like, no, I want to tell my future children the right thing. <laughs> and I don't right. want to traumatize them. <laughs>
1: yeah and i want to save my daughters especially from going through the the guilt trip i went through as a teenager being mm-hmm. told like i had to do this but i didn't have to but because of the whole system i thought i did
0: yeah my kids sure ain't going to any religious uh, schools that's not happening
1: so speaking of which what will you teach your children about the topic of premarital sex
0: all right so i'm um, glad you asked because i was about to ask you perfect <laughs> Um, But okay, I think that um, I will start by saying, obviously we all have value and you yourself have value and agency over your own body. Mm. And that if someone doesn't ask permission to touch you, then they're not about to be touching you. And Mm. I think that first, starting off like tiny tiny kids 2 3 years old with like the idea of like hey can i hug you as opposed to like just picking them up and like squeezing them when right like they can openly communicate like what they want um is absolutely imperative cuz that teaches them from a tiny age like hey i have value i have agency and i know what feels good and what does not feel good right so then from that base when they're like 9, 10, close to like puberty. But before puberty, don't ever tell your children about sex after they hit puberty because they're already freaking out about what their body's doing to them. Right,
1: yes. Like, come on. Why would you wait until after? Maybe not as early as six. Like, I think I was a little young. but (laughs) (laughs) Maybe like nine. Maybe like
0: eight or nine. Eight or nine,
1: yeah. To be honest, because I was asking, I think my my parents, did did my mom did the right thing and told me but i don't think kids usually ask that young too
0: <laughs> yeah no i definitely
1: didn't <laughs> oh
0: but uh then like when they when they're 9 i'll be like okay this is exactly how it works um in a couple of years you are going to start feeling this way um i wouldn't recommend as an 11 year old uh you do any of this stuff cuz it might jack up someone's body and developing and all that don't traumatize anyone respect okay. everybody's boundaries but i mean if you and like your quote unquote 11-year-old significant other want to like kiss or something go ahead i'm not going to stop right. um right. but um then when they're like 14 15 and like we've had an open dialogue and they're like hey like um what should i do Hmm. and I'll say it's literally everything I've been telling you your entire life you just didn't realize it right consent is everything
1: consent you is everything
0: you have inherent value as a person but also every possible partner you'll ever have has just as much value and you should treat them as such
1: right right
0: even even if my child is like hey I just kind of want to hook up with this person because I think they're cute. They think I'm cute. I'm like, we're not really like thinking about even having a relationship. We just want to hook up. I'll be like, absolutely fine, but never lose sight of their humanity. Never objectify them or treat them like they're just another like notch in your belt.
1: Right. Yes.
0: And keeping that humanity and that like spirit of like, love and valuing other people and that empathy like empathize with people and like if someone like says no then be like hey you didn't owe me anything to begin with so why would I possibly be upset at that right it's just a matter of like building a foundation and then once that infrastructure is in place like they're going to make the right decisions so I'm going to trust them Mm -hmm. Del what are your thoughts how would you do it?
1: How would I raise my kids?
0: Yeah, how you raise them, children's.
1: Uh, <laughs> well, in the area of premarital sex, I think I will do actually very similar to what my mom did. Um, well, first and foremost, they will not be going to an evangelical Christian school. Absolutely, yes, true never. that. Oh my goodness, never, never, ever, ever. Um, but. I will be I will be training them I think so much about what my mom taught me in that sex is um, is a connection it's a chemical connection so to respect it but not to demonize it and not to make it this this thing that it's um, mm-hmm. almost so scary that we only are like willing to have it within marriage I think that's I think if you wait that's wonderful I think if you don't wait that's also wonderful mm-hmm. and I think I will teach my kids that and to make the choice that they want to make not that they feel pressured to make mm-hmm. um, yeah so I think that's kind of the angle I'll come I'll, I'll I will come from um I think I'll spend a lot more time teaching them how to like identify red flags in people's characters yeah I'm teaching about the scariness of sex because I wish I would taught been taught that in sabbath school or church school or sunday school or whatever I wish I'd been taught that how to suss out unsafe people how to suss out unsafe people yes that's so important and i think that we need to focus on that because at the end of the day to um sex is special absolutely it's a chemical thing in our brains it's, it's a wonderful thing however mental health is also really important and if we allow ourselves to be in abusive relationships we can screw ourselves up for eternity and that's scary
0: absolutely and like and like don't take this as saying that we're belittling like the power of sex sex is incredibly powerful and like attraction is powerful and Mm -hmm. it's literally like the chemicals of our body like magnetizing with each other right and that is a super big thing that's not to be taken like
1: flippantly right
0: because like i mean sex can destroy you
1: yes absolutely
0: and so I would say that um if you have a problem with sex, go see a therapist, please. Yes. Don't go hurt someone. Um and right, and
1: go see a therapist who specializes in it because um yes. there's a lot of scary therapists out there.
0: <laughs> no tha- don't don't see your pastor and call it a therapist, okay? No. Don't do that. No. Unless no. they are a licensed therapist, don't talk to them about that. No. You can talk to them about, like, oh, yeah, like, I was wondering what this meant, what First John whatever meant. Yeah, you can talk to them about that. But, like, yeah. don't, don't come to them with your sexual problems.
1: Probably not a good idea.
0: And I'm sure some of you have noticed that we haven't mentioned pornography. And oh, that yeah. is because we are going to talk about it later.
1: Yeah, later in a different episode. Not later today.
0: Okay. Long story short, we have really complex feelings about it, and we're going to unpack them all at some point, point. and we're going to have a completely separate masturbation one as well, because believe it or not, those things are completely separate.
1: Completely separate. I think, was it the pornography one we're thinking about having a panel for?
0: Oh, we're going to have some special guests to talk about the, uh, the dirty films.
1: Okay, sounds good.
0: But, uh, Dell, I think that was an excellent, excellent unpacking of yes. pre-marital sex.
1: I got a little fired up a couple of times, so...
0: Yes, you did, and I, I love did.
1: it. I'm glad, I'm glad, because uh, when I listen to this back, which I never have, I never listen to the episodes, so I'm too nervous. Oh, I
0: hate listening to my own voice, never <laughs> going to happen.
1: See, I like my own voice, it's not so much that, sometimes I say things, and I'm like, oh... Oh, you just had that. Why you? Like, say oh,
0: that? that's a little problematic.
1: A little problematic. But we're all growing. We're all <laughs> learning. So um, we'll see how <laughs> what, I feel what I said. What if someone
0: listens to like episode like one or two and like we say something problematic? And they're like, you cancel.
1: I cancel compl- the thing is too, there's one episode, I can't remember which episode it was, where I was saying something and at the end of my sentence, I was like, Oh my god, that's terrible. Like I can't think that.
0: <laughs> was it a was it abortion?
1: it might have been no it was cloning and at the Ah. end of it at the end of it i i said that i was like ah that's really bad i can't no i can't stand behind that thought i'm gonna have to read life in the the
0: cloning one like i remember you went through like a whole character progression like you start by saying yeah i don't i don't think a clone would have a soul and then the end, you're like oh actually yeah they would
1: yeah because like my logic behind it was so messed up and i was like oh like i believe that oh i don't like that (laughs) that just
0: just means that we're both that we're both constantly searching ourselves
1: constantly and searching, willing
0: to change and it's been like what three or four times now where you've called me out on something like hey could you like explain this better because like this sounds weird and I'm like okay. oh turns out I actually didn't believe that thank you
1: right yes and sometimes I can tell like how something is being said and like I know you enough to be like yeah he doesn't think that let me help him clarify yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I appreciate that
1: <laughs> always helping each other out I like it.
0: But uh, yes, this has been a wonderful, wonderful episode. Yes. um, it's
1: been
0: great. I will say this. Um, be safe in everyone's endeavors in terms of mm-hmm. uh, sex. Because, I mean, we got the Rona out there. Um, we got various other diseases that can happen. So stay protected.
1: Stay protected. Yes. And
0: stay ethical, for goodness sakes. Yes, I will find you and smack you myself.
1: Yes, ethical, safe, and I would say intentional.
0: Yes, intentional. Like mm-hmm. always be present within yourself, especially yeah. when you're having sex.
1: Oh, yeah, that's so important.
0: Because A, you're going to enjoy it more if mm-hmm. you're present. And B, you're right. going to be like, hey, how can I pay attention to my partner's needs?
1: Right, exactly.
0: You know, we, we've talked about sex so much, though, that we haven't actually talked about, like, our opinions of, like, hey, how do you actually sex?
1: How do you mean? Like, what defines sex?
0: Like, like our own, our own, like, um, our own sexual, like, beliefs and the way of, like, hey, so, like, how do you be a good partner oh, in the bedroom? that's
1: a great topic.
0: Write it down, write it down, write it
1: down. I'm writing it down now. Especially, like, I feel like the more this podcast goes on, the more we're comfortable talking about this kind of thing on Absolutely. the air.
0: <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll see about um, that one.
1: Yes. What was the topic? I've already forgotten. Uh, our, our own sexual. Um,
0: let's see. Um, I guess just um, best sexual practices.
1: Best sex practice. Not positions, practices.
0: <laughs> practices.
1: <laughs> I mean we we might talk
0: we might talk about positions in there who
1: knows (laughs) I don't think I'm well prepared for that being a virgin (laughs) (laughs) call me well I will (laughs) send you some books (laughs) that's how we all learn right books for those of
0: you all getting all hot and bothered by this go back and listen to our platonic episode
1: yes (laughs) please do
0: (laughs) (laughs) I I feel like we, we talk so much as if like people like are only listening to this one I wonder how many of our listeners have listened to all of them
1: um I know one listener who listens to all of them because he's actually your friend more than he is my friend I think you know exactly who I'm talking about but he always dms me afterwards saying that he listened to it that's fair Yep. and we're so we're not we talking to you regular. sir huh
0: we're not talking to you sir when we talk about <laughs> hey like we talked about this
1: right he knows he knows
0: <laughs> he knows he knows
1: no, I think that um, I was uh, sorry my phone just dinged. no I think that um, oh no I know hopefully you couldn't hear that can you could you get, well, could you Curtis hear my dog snoring throughout that episode? No I,
0: I couldn't hear the dog
1: I didn't think you could because it was quiet but she was like right next to the leg so I was a little nervous. <laughs> I'm glad you <laughs> couldn't <laughs> Oh no I think that a um, regular listener will appreciate us reflecting back on previous.
0: That's true episodes. I do like reflecting back a lot.
1: Yeah, me too. It's good. And I think that because our conversation is so sexual-based, a lot of it links back to one another. It's fair. Mm-hmm.
0: But I mean, people like talking about sex, so
1: you gotta yep. give the people what they want. Exactly. Exactly.
0: Well, Dell, this was fabulous. And yes. until next week, I am Curtis Cooper.
1: And I'm Delaney.
0: Stay loose.